Praise God. Welcome to everyone tonight, and especially if you're our guest this evening. We welcome you tonight. I'm so glad to have you a part of this service this evening. If you're watching online somewhere, we uh, pray that you are blessed by this service as well. I want to, I'm going to be reading in Leviticus 25, starting with verse 1. And uh, I don't know what's going on lately, but I seem to have a, uh, this new pattern of long scripture readings at the beginning. And uh, it's going to be another one. And I'll make the deal with you that I always make with you. If you'll stand while I read all that, then I'll let you sit down and I'll keep standing. So how's that? But I, I don't think, I don't think you can just simply randomly go through the Bible and pick out something that sounds good or that's what you want and just name it and claim it. But I do believe that the Spirit can and does quicken things to us that can happen on a personal basis and it can also happen collectively. And so... To me, while you can't necessarily, it may be the Word of God, but if you're just trying to somehow use it as your coin to throw into your wishing well, you may not be able to fully guarantee that it's going to happen that way. But when the Spirit quickens His Word, and I don't think there's any more solid rhema you can get from God than a quickened Word of God. I, I think we kind of have developed this deal that, you know, when we get a word from God, it's, it's somebody telling us something that it, it's not directly connected to scripture. And I, I'm not sure how any more solid of a word you can get that when something that is written in the eternal word of God is quickened to you. And so I say that because I feel like tonight I have that. And uh, what I'm about to preach is it's not based on the calendar year. And I also cannot explain to you why that it's already January and this is when I have felt it quickened to me. But I have, I believe, a word from God, at least to this congregation, about the year that we are in as a church. So I want you to remember, I know it's the first Sunday night of the year, but this is not about January 2020. This is about where we are as a church. The other thing I just want to say, I, I, it is my desire. It is my goal. I, it, it's one of the things I live by to never intentionally pick out to adapt what I want to be able to preach. I have a desire and I feel like I have an obligation to use the Word of God rightfully. (laughs) And so I say that because I'm not going to get into all necessarily the details of, of, of this sort of concept and, and, uh, therefore I'm not just trying, I am not intentionally trying to just pick out the good parts per se. I am picking out the parts that I feel like the Holy Ghost has impressed upon me. Oh, hallelujah. 
Well, I get to practice what I'm already preached tonight, because what I'm about to preach, there is no reason at this moment (laughs) to be very excited about it. But here we go. Leviticus chapter 25, verse number 1. Leviticus 25 and verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of it of, groweth of its own accord of thy harvest, thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the land. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for thee, and for thy servant, and for thy ma- and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for thy stranger that sojourneth with thee, and for thy cattle, and for the beasts that are in thy land, shall all the increase thereof be meat. And thou shalt number seven sabbaths of years unto thee seven times seven years, and the space of the seventh sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then, somebody say then. Then. Then thou, then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month in the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And you shall hallow the fiftieth year. And you shall hallow the fiftieth year. And you shall hallow the fiftieth year. In case you forgot or you missed the memo, we as a church are in the fiftieth year. And you shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty Throughout all the land unto the inhabitants thereof, it shall be a jubilee unto you, and you shall return every man unto his possession, and you shall return every man unto his family. Oh, I just, I just, I just need two or three. That's all I'm at. I just need two or three people tonight. I don't care what the rest of you do. I just need two or three people that will release your faith with me tonight. Hmm. And ye shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall that 50th year be unto you. You shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed, for it is the jubilee. Um, I don't know when I, the last time I felt angels in the pulpit like I feel them right now. (laughs) It, where was I? Twelve. For it is the jubilee. Jubilee. 
It shall be holy unto you, and you shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee, you shall return every man unto his possession. God, we are not here by our design. There is not one single one of us that purposed and planned for our... Uh, us to be where we are, God. It is your divine plan. It is your kingdom. It is your work. We stand here tonight, God, every one of us divinely appointed by you. This church, God, this church wasn't founded by a man. It wasn't a man's idea. God, this church was founded by divine appointment, by divine direction. And so we don't stand here tonight in something we're trying to do and something that's about us. We are here tonight because this is your church. And you said upon this rock, you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Father, I pray tonight. That something would be released in this sanctuary and would be released throughout this entire church. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. You can be seated. I guess if you could say this is my title if you want, but I've come tonight with a declaration in the Holy Ghost that this is the year of jubilee I know and maybe I hopefully you've heard it by now but September there's there's an anniversary celebration is going to start Thursday night I forget the date go through that weekend there's stuff going on and and so that is that's the 50th anniversary celebration But I'm going to say it again. I said it before I started on purpose. I have not come tonight because I've searched through to find something cute to pick out to preach. But I feel like just a couple of days ago, the Holy Ghost quickened this word to me. And as I got to looking into it and seeing and realizing where we are, I don't think it's a coincidence. And I believe, again, there are some principles that God established that still have spiritual application to us today. So I'm here tonight to declare to this church, and I realize that we are one congregation amongst three. But forgive my presumptuousness tonight to say that I'm declaring in the spirit, at least, to all of Antioch, the apostolic church, that this is the year of jubilee. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a little more background in a moment cuz you need to you need to understand what that means. You need to have a little bit of an idea, but at the very base of the word jubilee, that word in the Hebrew basically just simply means jubilant and it means to be jubilant and to exult. Not to sulk. 
to exult. I just I looked it up today. I couldn't find any specific statistics, but that but a couple of different things I read, and this boggles my mind, but I'm just I, I read a couple different places that said something similar that literally thousands, thousands of churches close every year. That seems crazy. I guess worldwide, if you're looking worldwide, okay. Thousands. You know what? We are not, Brother Benner, where we believe we're going. We are a long ways from where we have faith that we're going. I, I, I don't believe this sanctuary, and first of all, it's not the end of where we're going, but I, I don't think this is our destination, half full. But you know what? We get so caught up in where we're not, and what hasn't happened, that we forget about where we are. And that where we've come from. And so you know what? We may be in a half full sanctuary tonight. And we may not be at the thousands and thousands we thought we'd be at by now. But guess what? There's a reason to celebrate. Because we're still here. And the doors aren't about to close. And the lights aren't about to be turned off permanently. Because we've got some promises from God that have yet to come to pass. And I'm not going to be satisfied with where I am. But I am going to be thankful about where I am. And some of you need to do that just simply on a personal level. No, you're not where you could be. And maybe you're not even where you should be. But don't forget where you are. Because while there's some positive places you could be that you're not, there's also some negative places that you could be that you're not. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me let me give you a little bit of background context here of what jubilee you can read throughout most of this chapter it talks about the jubilee The pulpit commentary talks about the blessings of the jubilee It proclaimed a release as to the person The slave was released from the hand of his brother, from the hand of the stranger, whom the son maketh free is free indeed. As to the land, every man returned to his possession. Adam Clark derives the word jubilee from the word to cause to bring back. Anybody got anything that ought to be brought back to you? Anybody got anything that ought to be brought back to you? Anybody got something you've lost that belongs to you? Because estates which had been alienated were then brought back to their primitive owners. No true believer can be deprived of his share in the land of promise. No true believer can be deprived of his share in the land of promise. Number two, it was a season of joy. The poor then rejoiced in plenty. In the sabbatical year, the fruit of the Lord's laud was free. In the year of jubilee, every man returned to his possession. 
The generous rejoiced in the prosperity of the poor. No doubt there were churls. Anybody ever heard of a churl? I didn't until this. A churl is a mean-spirited person. No doubt there are churls. Such persons are never to be envied, least of all in a season of rejoicing. Heaven would be hell to the churl. You know what? It don't matter how good it gets. It doesn't matter what kind of outpouring of the Holy Ghost we have. There's going to be some churls. And I said it already. Let me say it again in this context. I think part of where I am is I'm going to quit worrying about the churls. I've spent so much time discouraged and worried about the churls. Those that are mean-spirited can't make up their mind. And the bottom line is, again, there's a bunch of folks that are ready and willing to go someplace, but they haven't gone there because we keep figuring out how to get the churls on board. Thirdly, the spectacle of blessedness periodically witnessed in sabbatic years and jubilees encouraged generous habits of thought, feeling, and action. Happy is the people whose God is the Lord. The Bible Knowledge Commentary says this about jubilee. The motto for the year was to proclaim liberty or release throughout the land. I, I, I wish this was Thursday night and I had the notes so you could read along. But I want you, somebody, I, there's a bunch of you, I want you to hear me right now. I'm going to start over. You need to hear this next part. The motto for the year was to proclaim liberty, i.e. release throughout the land. With here, here we go, here we go. With the primary purpose of getting family property and the family back together again. Oh, I said it's the year of jubilee, and a part of jubilee is the family. I'm preaching to some people and I declare to you tonight in the Holy Ghost that a part of this year is going to be for some of you that release your faith of getting back together of your family because it is the year of Jubilee. Hallelujah. This meant that all property except in walled cities was to be restored to its original owners. And all Hebrew slaves were to be released to return to their family property. Mm -hmm. There's some Hebrew slaves. There's some Hebrew slaves. If you need the interpretation of that, you'll have to come see me after church. There's some Hebrew slaves out there. And it's the year of Jubilee. And a part of the year of Jubilee is the Hebrew slave being released to return to family property, to come back home. I'll say it another way. Some of you will get. It's the prodigal coming back home. 
Here, here's the thing. Here is, here is to me one of the very exciting parts about this. Jubilee was based on the nation. Jubilee was based on Israel. It wasn't based on the individual. It was based on what they were a, a who they were a citizen of. And so Jubilee was about Israel. It had nothing to do with them individually. It had nothing to do with their worthiness. It had nothing to do with them earning or deserving it. It was Israel's jubilee. And during Israel's jubilee, that was the benefit to the individual. I'm not here tonight preaching to you your jubilee. I'm preaching to you this church. It's Jubilee. And I don't know about you, but I'm a part of this church. And if it's Jubilee here, I'm going to get my share of Jubilee. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 I've come to declare to some folks tonight it it may not be it it may not be the exact thing some of you, you you it may not be the literal exact thing that you have lost but I've come to declare tonight it is the year of jubilee and therefore I've come to tell some folks tonight God is going to do some restoring of things in your life and I mean that even in a natural tangible way We didn't get here by our design. We didn't get here by our plans. I sat yesterday for a few moments. I stood technically, uh, but I I stood yesterday for a few moments at the at the reception of Shane and uh, Rachel's Rachel. Right? Sometimes I get her and her sister confused. And I, I brother Bishop was sitting on a bench, just rest resting and waiting and. And uh, we 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 just we were chatting for a moment, just kind of. I think it started off just kind of, you know, just kind of whatever stuff. I don't I don't know how we got there except for the Lord. But he started. He just got to sharing a little bit of things and making sure I knew, heard them, and 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 expressing to me part of the reason of to what keeps him going and why he's still here. And in spite of his physical struggles and the pain in his body, etc., is what it is. And what it is is not about an individual. I know, I know, we've heard the promises of God to this church until it probably makes some of you gag. 
Y'all may need to be prepared to do this more often. Put that second verse of that song back up there when you can, please. You keep the promises you make. You keep the promises. Now, I'm just going, this is, this is a parenthetical point. There are some times we come up with promises that we make for God. And sometimes people that are well-intentioned give us promises from God that are not God's promises. I guess I'd rather err on the side of faith than on the side of skepticism. My point to that is there's some of you that are struggling with your faith in God right now that there is a chance... That it wasn't exactly God that made the promise. So don't question and doubt God over a promise you think He made that He didn't make. But there are some promises individually in this place. And there are some collective promises that it ain't about that somebody made them up. It wasn't just wishful thinking. They are words from God. And you keep the promises you make. There isn't one that is delayed. And I know we, all, we always have our timing. And without fail, our timing is always ahead of God's timing. But there is not one that is delayed. I realize... That I'm not the founder here. And there's very few of you that can say you've been here pretty much since the beginning. Most of you have come along since then. It's not the founder's jubilee. It's not the ones that have been here from the beginning's jubilee. It's everybody that's apart because it's Antioch's jubilee. And so if you are here now, doesn't matter when you came, it's now your year of jubilee. And the things that go along with the jubilee belong to you as an individual. We are not here by accident. You and I are not here by accident. And this church is not here because of man's efforts. We are here by God's divine design. Therefore, I believe that we are not at the point we are in our history by accident. And while some may just write it off as a milestone, according to the word of God, and I believe I have the, uh, the, the right and the inspiration to apply this, there are some times that are very significant. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, sometimes we think, I, I know for me, I think sometimes I think I'm discerning stuff that's probably just my, the devil probably actually, be really honest. So at the risk of it being that, I, I did, there just feels there's like, there's just this little underlying thing that just 
sort of nags at us around here that, you know what, I just don't want to get excited again. I just don't want to get my, I don't want to get my hopes up again. I believed before and it didn't happen. I just don't know. Do do, do, do you remember what Rahab the harlot said to the two spies? Where have you been? Where have you been? While they spent 40 years wandering because of lack of faith, the enemy was spent 40 years afraid because they knew we've already been given. So you got to make up your mind. Am I going to decide that I just don't know if I can get my hopes up again and be disappointed? Or am I going to make up my mind? I may get my hopes up again and it not be the time. But one of these times, it's going to be the time. And one of these days, it's going to be the day. And when that comes, I'm going to be one of those ones that the Son of Man can find faith in. I I believe, I understand, I know that we don't sit back and do nothing and leave everything to God. But I also know there is a spiritual component of what we're doing here. And I preached it Tuesday night at the New Year's Eve service, and I'll say it again tonight. We need to get ourselves re-solidified in our confidence in the sovereignty of God and that God is in control and that God is working everything out according to His plan and His purpose. It's not just chance and we're not just here hoping. So again, I know in fact, I did another little teaser. Part of part of February the ninth, and what'll be going on there is is part of that is our us doing our part. When Jesus was about to feed the five thousand plus people, he said, "Bring me what you have," and then he told them, "Sit them down, get them organized. You got to do something." But if 5,000 plus people are going to eat from five loaves and two fishes, it's going to take a lot more than your organizational skills. There's going to have to be some supernatural divine intervention. And I've come to challenge this church tonight because, Brother Bishop, we didn't get here through fleshly means and ability and effort. We didn't get here through our ingenuity and our ideas and our planning. Have we had to organize the crowds? Have we had to get everybody seated? Have we had to get what we have? Absolutely. But then there had to be a supernatural divine work and move of the Holy Ghost. And I, I'm not so sure the pendulum hasn't gone a little bit too far to the side of us working to do our part, and we need to do our part. But there is also something to a supernatural, divine, sovereign work of the Holy Ghost. 
And I know, I know there are things that there's no reason. I, when Brother Cornwell prophesied, and I can't explain it, I'm not, I'm not here to explain it away. When Brother, Brother Cornwell prophesied a couple of years ago that it was the year of doubling, my assumption was that meant numbers and that didn't happen. And I had a couple of people tell me, you know what, that, first of all, that's just not, you know, I, I don't even know why you'd believe that because that's just, you know, if you can get 15, 20% growth, that's, Okay, I get that under normal circumstances. But I also know there's times, not only throughout history, that I can read other places. But Brother Evans, I can go back over the history of this church. And there have been some times where there was a divine sovereign move of the Holy Ghost. And things that should not have been expected to happen in proportions that they should not have happened, have happened. And I've come tonight to tell you, I believe God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I realize we can look at it and say, yeah, it's just another year. Or we can say, yeah, it's not just another year. It's the year of Jubilee. And when the the Holy Ghost decides to do something, it doesn't matter what the patterns are. It doesn't matter what has or has not happened. When God decides to move, anything can can happen. Oh, hallelujah. Isaiah 60, verse number 1. Arise. Shine. You know what the implication there is? Get up. Get up. Turn your light on. Shine. For thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. If this next verse does not describe where we are, if this next verse does not describe where we are today, I don't know of another verse that does. But listen to what it describes and listen to what it promises. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. If we've ever been at a time and a day in which darkness is covering the earth, in which gross darkness is covering the people, 2020 is that time. There are things going on. There are things people are saying and doing that you would have never expected to see, never imagined to hear. It is gross darkness. But... But, I'm about to make up my mind, I'm going to preach until. So you might want to start faking it till you make it. But, I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what Fox says. I don't care what NBC says. I don't care what the internet says. I don't care what all the, all of the uh, experts on Facebook say that really have no clue what they're talking. I don't care. There may be gross darkness that's on the earth and covering the earth, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen not just throughout the earth not just throughout the earth but his glory 
shall be seen upon you. That's you and me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I struggle when I preach hard, and I struggle when I preach positive. It don't matter. Goodness. Paul said something a little different, but kind of connected. Where sin abounds. Where sin abounds. Where sin about, I saw something, I, 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 I've never seen it quite the way I saw it yesterday. I've driven the Severn River Bridge many times and looked out and seen fog and whatever. But yesterday we were going to the reception, and I'm sure a bunch of you others saw it. Crossed that bridge and, and it was, when you got to the top, you were, that fog was on the... Yeah. Where sin abounds... Where sin abounds, where sin abounds, grace, grace doth much more abound. No matter how high sin is, no matter how much sin may be accumulating in our world today, grace always supersedes sin. There's several places throughout the Psalms you find this description of God. It's one of my favorite descriptions of God in all of the Bible. The psalmist simply says, you are the most high. I remind you tonight, there may be a lot of high junk around you. You may be looking up at some trouble in your world. You may be looking up at some mountains in your world. But don't forget, no matter how high they are, there is one that is always the most high. And the Gentiles, that's the unbelievers, that's the sinners, shall come to thy light. And kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together. They come to thee, thy sons. Notice he said in verse 3, Gentiles. But now, thy sons shall come from afar. And thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. I'm preaching to some people tonight. You've got some loved ones that are afar. But when Jubilee happens, and there is a releasing, and there is a deliverance, there is an impact that causes those who are afar to come. Oh, hallelujah. 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 That's Isaiah 60. It's Isaiah 60. I'm getting ready to read the next chapter. Don't go there yet, but I'm getting ready to read the next chapter, which is a very familiar passage to many of us, and it's one that Jesus quoted. And we, we, it, 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 you know, we, we have a tendency to take some things and, and put them in a, in a box. 
and use them only for certain things. And sometimes in doing that, sometimes we do that in a way that is actually not the original primary intent of it. And then other times we do that, and it may be the primary intent, but there's other ways that it still applies. I'll give you an example of one of them. We, we, most of my life, I've always heard the parable of the seed and the four types of ground as far as the lost. But if you really read the context of what was being said, he was talking to believers. He was talking to the disciples. He told the disciples, be careful how you hear. Does the four types of ground apply to the lost? I think it can. I think it does. But that wasn't the primary way in which it was spoken. It was telling you and I, we have to continually be careful how we hear. Because you and I sitting here can become stony ground. You and I here can become thorny ground. You and I here can become wayside ground. Or we can be good ground where the seed of the word is sown and it produces lasting effects. And so this verse is... I think for years now, I feel like a lot of times we use them more directed also to the lost. Not that we don't use them. But but one of the reasons I read, and it wasn't the main reason, but one of the reasons I read to you those verses is to give you the context of who he's talking to. Because I remind you that chapters and verses were not the way the Bible was in its original that was done for our reference sake. And so it's not chapter, new chapter like a new chapter in a book. And so chapter 60, he's talking figuratively to the church. We need to teach some of y'all how to say amen in sign language so you at least say it that way. He's talking to the church. And so that's chapter 60, and now 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He, he, he's talking in 60 to the church. I, I, I read it to do my best to make sure there is nothing in chapter 60 that changes the focus of who he's talking to. And so he goes into chapter 61, and therefore he's still talking to the same group of people. And so I've come tonight in the Holy Ghost to declare to some of you, not to them that are lost out there, but to you, that it is time for the brokenhearted to be bound up. And I've come to proclaim liberty to some captives here. And the opening of the prison to some that are bound here. Yeah, some saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled folks that are bound. Few of you I know are bound because you ain't moved at all. Now get that, watch this, watch this, verse 2. To proclaim 
the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to proclaim the acceptable year. If you study that out, do you know what the acceptable year that he's talking about there is? Some of you got it. Jubilee. The acceptable year of the Lord was the Jubilee. And in the acceptable year, the year of Jubilee, he came to bind up some broken hearts. He came to set some captives free. He came to give some sight back to the blind. We always, we always talk about the lost that are blind. But I'm preaching to some saved blind tonight. Not blind when it comes to doctrine. But blind when it comes to the future that God has for you. And that your life is not over. And that the future is not one of demise and and trouble and trials. But to open your eyes to see with vision and to see with faith. And to see that what God has in the future is greater than what God has in your past. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. That's the church. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to acknowledge it. But I'm preaching to some mourners tonight. I'm preaching to some folks that you're in a mourning because of some things that have happened or some things that have not happened. And I've come tonight to declare to you it is the acceptable year of the Lord. And I've come to preach to those that mourn in Zion to give you beauty for your ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Why? That he might be glorified. Listen to what happens after the acceptable year of the Lord is declared. They shall build the old waste. They shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations. God is not in to the throwing away business. God is not in to the throwing away business. A bruised reed shall he not break. And a smoking flax shall he not quench. I'm preaching to some smoking flaxes tonight. The only thing that there's been for a while in your life is just the smoke of a flame that's gone out. And there's still just a little bit of smoke and just a little bit of a red ember. And the Holy Ghost doesn't come along to quench it and put it out the rest of the way. But the Spirit of God comes along and knows how with just the right amount of it 
intensity to begin to blow on that flame and to rekindle that flame. And rather than putting it out, he's not going to abandon the old waste. He's not going to abandon the places of desolation. But he is going to repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. That's what happens in the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what happens in the acceptable year of the Lord that is not based on where you are in your walk with God. And it's not based on where you are in the season you're in. It's not based on your spirituality. It's not based on your righteousness. It's based on the fact that what is bigger than you that you are connected to is in the acceptable year. And when that's in the acceptable year, you get the benefits of it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. He's not done. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the alien shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. In the acceptable year of the Lord, God sends laborers to do stuff for you, and you don't have to do it anymore. You know what that means to me? That means some stranger out there or somebody that's not a part of us can hear somebody talking about a need and a problem in their life, and the stranger can say, you know what, I heard about a church up on that hill on Ritchie Highway, and they believe that God can do anything, and they believe that God is a healer, and, and they believe that God is a miracle worker. You ought to go check them out. This isn't the best way to do this, I know, but Sister Angie, did I understand you the other night to say that the condition that you've had is gone? I, I don't know, a bunch of you weren't here, some of you because of sickness, some of you because of laziness. Oops, that slipped out. Oh, Lord, I have not proven these weapons. (laughs) But at the New Year's Eve service, we had several departments testify and share, and and, and then she kind of just slipped it in, and I don't don't know how many of you caught it that were here, and so for those of you that didn't catch it that were here, and the rest of you, you remember Sister Angie Millett's testimony and but God, and about the blessing of unanswered prayer. And the condition that she had and has lived with. And she just mentioned Tuesday night. It's gone. A a life-threatening condition. It's gone.
and strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers, but ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. For your shame, for your shame, Anybody dealt with some shame over the past several years or even the past past several decades? Anybody been dealing with some shame about the way some, some things have gone in your life? For your shame, you shall have double. How about this next one? Anybody been a little confused at times? I just don't understand this, God. I don't understand why this is going. I don't understand why this is happening. I, I don't understand why this is not happening. I just, I'm confused for your confusion. They shall rejoice in their portion. That means you're going to get your part and the confusion's going to be gone and the questions are going to be gone. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. The year, not the day, not the evening, not the week, not, not just the month. It is the Year. It is the year of Jubilee. So, so I prophesy tonight. There's going to be people that get to the end of this year and there's sickness and there's issues in your body that when you get to the end of this year, they're not going to be there anymore. I didn't say they're going to be gone tonight. I didn't say they're going to be gone tonight. But I said it's the year of Jubilee. And there's some physical bondage that some of you have been living under that I prophesy to you tonight that because it is the year of Jubilee for this church, that's going to be one of the benefits for you. There are spouses here tonight that at the end of the year, you're not going to be by yourself anymore because it's the year of Jubilee. And there's some folks that have been bound that are going to be set free and they're coming back home. There's some children, and I don't mean children by kids. I mean children by offspring. There's some children that your parents aren't here. Or maybe someplace else. It may not all happen here. It doesn't all have to happen here. 
The issue is not that they come home physically here. The issue is that they come home. And so there's some children, adult children, that it's the year of Jubilee. And by the end of the year, you're not going to be in church without your parents anymore. They're going to be back. And there's some parents. I said, there's some parents that you've been coming without them for a while. But it is the year of Jubilee. And the sons and the daughters are coming home. There's some of you tonight that your financial situation is not what it used to be. And the enemy's stolen and taken and messed with your stuff. But I declare it's the year of Jubilee. And your possessions are coming back. And God is going to restore. And for your shame, you will have double. Why? What basis? What reason? Just is what God said. That's the reason. I don't know about you, but I, I still, I feel a little bit like the servant of the prophet. Going up to the mountaintop, looking out on the horizon, coming back. What do you see? I don't see anything. Go again. Nothing. What do you see? Nothing. Go again. Seven times. Finally, the seventh time. Listen. Three, three years of drought, right? It was three years of drought. Three years of drought. Three years of drought. Not a couple of days of drought. Not a couple, three years of drought. I kind of think after three years, it would be nice to go to the mountain. I don't know if I can do this. I have to take it out of my paycheck if I break it. I'm about to do a mathematics. Some of y'all don't know what that is. After all of that, after three years, it'd be really nice to go to the mountaintop and see the biggest thunderhead that you have ever seen before. Because if you saw that, it'd be really easy to say, something is about to happen. But on the seventh time, the only thing that he saw was a little tiny cloud. 
And the prophet says, and the prophet says, go tell the king, you better get ready because it's coming. What's coming? All there is is a cloud the size of a man. What's coming? He said, I hear. He said, I I hear. I know what you see, but I hear the sound of an abundance. I don't just hear the sound of a sprinkle. I don't just hear the sound of a drizzle. But I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I realize on this first Sunday night of 2020, it may be just a little cloud the size of a man's hand. But if you just listen with the ears of the Spirit, I hear a sound. I hear a sound. I hear a sound because something is on its way. Because it is. It is. It is the year of Jubilee. And if you're a part, you've got something to gain from the year of Jubilee. Hallelujah. 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 The acceptable. The acceptable. The acceptable. The acceptable year. Again. I didn't say the acceptable day. The scripture didn't say the acceptable day. There, there, there's kind of, there's two parts, I think, at least two parts to take from that. Number one, if you get to the end of January and your captives haven't come back and your possessions haven't been returned, it's the year of Jubilee. It's the year of Jubilee. And the flip side is, if God goes ahead and does something for you tomorrow, you ought to really get excited. Because it's the year of Jubilee. It's not the day. It's not a one-time thing. It's the year. 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 Sister Spriggs, in accordance to your faith tonight, so be it unto you. In accordance to your faith, 
It's the year. It's the year. It's the year. The year. Sister Krieger, come down here. A couple of you ladies, part of Sister Krieger's oikos, come join around her. Sister Krieger, in Jesus' name, I declare it is the year of Jubilee. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's bigger than us individually.
there, there, there's, there's two different scenarios that in principle, I believe, apply. One, somebody help me out here. I don't always keep Elijah and Elisha's stuff straight. There was a famine that had been going on. And the man of God prophesied and said, Tomorrow. Tomorrow. You're going to buy bread. Tomorrow, the famine is going to be over. And one of the king's servants opened his mouth with doubt and skepticism. And the man of God replied and said, You will see it, but you won't partake of it. And not only did he see it, if I remember correctly... He lost his life in it. The other's story is when David and his men come and find that their wives and children were taken. And he says to the Lord, what do I do? And the Lord said, go and recover all. But there were some men that did not have the strength and the energy to go to recover. And they stayed by the stuff. But the difference between the two was they were tired, they were weary, they didn't have the strength to go fight, but they had the faith that the word was true. And so they stayed with the stuff, didn't fight the battle, but they still got their stuff back. So I challenge you tonight, if you're not going to be all in, if you don't have what it takes, at least keep your mouth shut. Because if you'll keep your mouth shut, when, not if, but when it happens, you can still be a partaker of it as long as you don't criticize it. As long as you don't doubt it. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I, I, I think I'm done. About, about ready to let y'all do whatever you're going to do. I'm just trying to make sure before I put it down. Why don't you come, Mike, why don't you come share that real quick? Where'd you go? Come share this. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. While pastor was preaching, if you could throw up that verse number six in 61, Isaiah 61, six. I looked at this in the Hebrew while he was speaking. And uh, Isaiah 61, six, it says this as he preached, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. 
you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And I want you to see this right here. And in their glory, you shall, shall ye boast yourselves. And I looked at the Hebrew of the first one of uh, un- in their glory. And the Hebrew word there means actually honor, not glory like glory of God, but honor, wealth and abundance. And then the next part where it says, shall ye boast yourselves, that, that's a mutilation of what the word is actually saying in the Hebrew. It actually is saying in exchange or in place of. So what the scripture is saying is that in their honor, their wealth, their abundance, you shall have it in exchange in their place. The scripture literally says in their place. I believe that there are houses that you're about to be in, that there are jobs you're about to sit in, that the Bible says that their honor, their honor will be in your place. Rejoice if you believe that the Gentiles honor when they've been storing up. God's about to put it in your possession. Rejoice if you believe the wealth and honor is yours for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 Y'all don't have to sing this. This is not a suggestion. Do whatever you're going to do. I just have to say it one more time. Before me. Behind me. Always beside me. No shadow. No valley where you won't find me. So I am not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. I may be in the valley. I may be in the shadow. But he knows exactly where I am. And it's the year of Jubilee. So I am coming out. referenced 
the conversation, Brother Bishop and I, I say conversation, it's much more listening and absorbing on my part. And he just told me, he said, I, I said something and I don't think you heard me. He said, somebody interrupted us and I didn't hear him. And he said, now he knows why and now I know why. Because he said yesterday that the Lord had been telling him that this... is the year of Jubilee. I didn't hear him say it, but by the mouth of two or three witnesses. He said by the mouth of two or three witnesses. 